to another exciting edition of Movies and Tea. Um, here we are once again taking a break from our usual broadcasting format to bring you a review of a film which has uh, just been released, but at the same time we felt very inclined to talk about, and that is the 2020 documentary You Cannot Kill David Arquette, um, about David Arquette and his uh, foray into the exciting world of professional wrestling. Now, for those of you not in the know, or who perhaps don't really care about the exciting world of professional wrestling, 20 years ago on April 26th edition of WCW Thunder, David O'Kett, who was on a promotional tour for the Ready to Rumble wrestling comedy, which at the same time featured many of WCW's most memorable faces, um, was bestowed the top title in the company, in this case the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Now, this had been the brainchild of the head writer Vince Russo, who's essentially a whole other villain in the wrestling community. And he basically saw the belt as a prop and as a way to get the company more mainstream press. However, to the fans, and the wrestlers especially, they saw it is a very much a big disrespect to the title and what it meant and especially those who had fought to earn the right to hold it so for it to suddenly be bestowed on a non-wrestler like David Arquette who himself is a lifelong fan of wrestling um, has meant that it's been this sort of shame that's been going on to site it has been one of the worst moments in the history of professional wrestling and this in itself is really where we join the story as 20 years later david arquette is basically trying to remove that shame uh, that is sort of carried with him and try and make things up in many ways to the fans by setting out on a quest to become a legitimate professional wrestler now Okay, I mean, I don't know if you knew about the story before the documentary came out. I mean, for myself, it's something I, I heard of, uh, heard that David Arquette was actually trying to be a professional wrestler, and in particular, I'd heard about his brush with death during a death match, which we do see in the film itself. But I mean, had you heard anything about the story before the documentary came out? No, <laughs> I know nothing about wrestling. I mean, I might have like yeah. seen some random matches when I used to have TV when I was really young. Um, like, I mean, actual TV channels. I own a TV. I don't. I don't. I don't like not have a TV. I just don't have TV channels right now. No, you um, you hip and just like stream things now, was rather than wait yeah, for exactly. TV to come to you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> If you want to put it that way. But yeah, no, I mean, that's about the extent of wrestling that I know. And then, you know, some certain things that I, that I hear, like certain wrestler names or something might cross me once in a while. But in general, I really don't know much about it. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I never knew and I never watched Ready to Rumble. So this is a completely new thing to me. You know, if you don't talk about it, I don't really, like, sometimes I, I forget that David Arquette hasn't been in movies, like, a lot of bigger movies in, in the recent years. So I think that's why it piqued my interest in the sense that, you know, the, the title is pretty catchy. You know, you cannot kill David Arquette. Well, what does that all mean, right? And then you you listen to, you kind of, like, I read a little bit of the description and it seemed pretty interesting, to say the least, right? Yeah, I mean, this obviously, you're 
sort of lack of interest in professional wrestling sort of flying in the face of my absolute love and admiration of professional wrestling as professional wrestling is like one of my great loves in life um it has been i would say since around 99 when i really got into sort of watching professional wrestling and i've sort of gone back and forth between different federations i watched some wwe i was a big tna fan for a while and currently i'm a huge aew fan so did sort of come through the sort of wire that uh, that of David Arquette obviously wrestling. And I thought, well, that's a really interesting story. I would like to see more about this story. And it just so happened that this documentary has come out. And I had no idea that they were even filming a documentary following his journey as a professional wrestler. And I'm all the more glad that they that he decided to take a film crew on this journey with him. Because the film takes place over the course of two years. And we joined David Arquette basically at his lowest point ever as he's not been able to get any sort of major sort of acting work in 10 years. Hollywood has pretty much dismissed him as being this absolute sort of goofball. He's lives while well, he obviously has this lovely mansion house. He's got the beautiful wife um, who gets on with his ex-beautiful wife, Courtney Cox. And he's basically making ends meet by being more of an executive producer but at the same time behind the scenes he's really sort of struggling with life as general I mean he's a functioning alcoholic he's suffered a heart attack and he just basically is trying to find something uh to give himself some sort of purpose in in life again and he sort of sets out believing that professional wrestling is going to be it and Initially, he goes to like a fan convention and he thinks, oh, he's just going to sort of wander in there into the wrestling world and be like instantly accepted. And what essentially happens is that he gets, first of all, beaten up by a by a promoter, one of the uh, one half of the nasty boys who now runs Legends of Wrestling. He goes to a wrestling convention and nobody turns up to his booth and uh, he goes to take part in a what he assumes is going to be a legitimate wrestling federation but it's basically just some guy's backyard federation and ends up being having the seven shades beaten out of him by these wrestling fans so it's not the best start he sets off on i really like the fact that he did this also because of of just the hardships right because he's starting from the bottom and it shows kind of like there's really no shortcut to anything um you know he might have won the title before but because of all the disrespect that both wrestlers and 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 fans felt about it, you know, these people that he's encountering have zero respect for him. And that's probably why it was even harder for him to get into the business. But I think that a lot of the respect came in the sense that he started taking on this challenge, you know, despite the fact that he probably shouldn't <laughs> because his doctor yeah. told him not to. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, but it was something that I think was, was something he needed to do. And I think everybody has those moments in life where you did something and you feel like you kind of need to justify yourself a little, you know, show your, uh, your respect to what he loves type of thing, like show his respect for what he loves. And in this sense, I think, I mean, the journey itself, right from, you know, obviously, the start is is very brutal to watch him from you know his low point and going to these things and all these <laughs> all these random people that he encounters and constantly getting beat up and 
you watch him go through this this beginning, and you can't help but feel a little sad for him. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm coming off of some kind of like unjust treatment kind of thing to to uh, to celebrities right now that I that I've been dealing with for a while because of a of, of a Chinese celebrity that's been. I think wrongly treated. Okay. <laughs> so I'm coming into this with a lot of like already like bad feelings about, you know, like how people kind of, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that I feel wasn't his doing. You know, a lot of times when you do promotional runs for whatever movie or whatever, I don't think he has all the say, right? And whoever made the decision to make him win the title <laughs> had a lot to blame with the fact that he's in this situation right where his his life kind of can't seem to hit that high point again that he had um yeah it's i mean it's kind of bizarre as well the fact that i mean everyone said they're saying you know david arquette winning the wcw title is like the low point of wrestling history and yet a few months down the line vince russo like (laughs) the head writer for wcw is winning the title and people seem to have forgotten about these things but i think at that point people would the company was pretty much in its death throes anyway, so, so, but yeah, I mean, you, as you said, I mean, when we see him, because in these sides, basically, because he did scream and he played, um, opposite Dewey, and he's sort of like this lovable goofball that Hollywood basically typecast him as being this goofball sort of character rather than this young sort of up and comer that he was prior to that, and. It, when it's kind of as you said, it's kind of sad when you see him now. I mean, he's overweight. He's basically a function alcoholic, and you see him doing this photo shoot. It's probably which is probably one of the most saddest things I've ever seen. To and it's all set to uh, Elkie Brooks in No Mother Fool, and you see him there, and he's like trying to do this like photo shoot. Where he's remarks himself as David Magic Man Arquette, and he's visibly overweight. He's basically got no justification to ever be in anywhere near a wrestling ring again. Yet alone thinking that he could sort of set out on this path to becoming a wrestler, but you got to, re- as I said, you really got to give him credit. I mean, he starts at the bottom like anyone else. He has no sort of shortcuts. I mean, he obviously has name value to him. So, but he basically sets it, realizes you know if he's going to be a wrestler, he's going to go out, he's going to get trained. So he joins a, me- a, rex- a wrestling school. He goes to Mexico and trains with luchadors, and even in tra- does in boxing like street wrestling which is like um luchador version of sort of street hustling where they set up like wrestling matches at traffic light stops to get money from the drivers that queued up and i have to say just seeing his progression because there is it's not like it comes easy to him he has to like fight every inch of the way to sort of like get through his training and sort of get himself into stage and i think that in many ways, it kind of sort of skips over some of the training bits. So he sort of like goes down to Mexico and then suddenly he's like comes back and he's like ripped and he's like this amazing wrestler, which is an interesting time skip to say the least. One of the biggest issues with with sometimes documentaries, is, especially if it spans over a long time, yeah. I think we talked about that a lot in Clapboard Jungle when we reviewed it before, is is really the pacing of how we're seeing this and. With this one, what I really like was the fact that there was these huge jumps. But the the point of it, I think, wasn't the fact that he was getting ripped. wasn't the fact that he was, you know, getting into all of, uh, like, just 
the little details, I think. It was more the fact that the big events he was getting ready for, there was a lot of hard work behind it. And you can see these changes. Because if we saw it, like, every step of the way, we might not have noticed those changes as much. But at the same time, you know, like, I really like, I, I really like the, the street fighting part. And I really like the, the whole... The whole aspect of how every step of the way, to me, at least because to me, it's something special. Like, it's something yeah. different, right? I've never, I don't know anything about wrestling. So how you get into wrestling and the details of wrestling and, and even the fact that the wrestling is actually actually a show that's put up. I never knew that before. So, oh, really? All, yeah, all this is like fresh stuff for me. Like, I never knew any of these things. Um, and, you know, obviously before we started this, the husband didn't bother to fill me in on the details. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when I made comments like that, he was like, you didn't know that? And I was like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I love the so. fact that, that he acts like the uh, the expert there, yet he still messages myself. It's just like, were people really that upset about him winning the Juicy Toy title? And well, I, no, like, I mean, he, he knows what, like, he knows that wrestling is. Yeah as a as a core like pretty much it's like a set show um like certain movements are done but everything in between is is the real deal like you're, you're whatever is happening in between is, is is going on there um it is you know solid moves and you know these people are actually doing those things and yeah. whatever right i mean yeah wrestling is a predetermined contest so yeah. it's basically what you're watching is basically ballet but just really violent ballet and the you know the the concept is essentially the same, you know, strong guys in spandex leaping around the place and working with each other to put on a performance. And this is, I think this is what I think the film does really well. It shows the wrestling world the utmost respect that it deserves. Most like Mickey Rourke's uh, The Wrestler, which is very easy to compare this film to. As you're essentially watching another broke down piece of meat fighting for his uh his shot at at, at the wrestling dream uh whereas obviously with mickey rock in the wrestler he was obviously like uh this 80s wrestler who'd had his sort of high spot and is now basically looking for that spot again david arquette is essentially trying to find redemption with in wrestling and he says himself that he gets over his alcoholism because it through wrestling it makes life interesting it gives him something to be excited about um which is just a really fascinating recovery really to say the man who's like who is self-admittedly a, a functional alcoholic and yet once he starts in his training that he doesn't he gives up drinking he's just so focused on just on wrestling and training and this is what keeps his mind busy so it's just really fascinating to see someone someone's recovery and I, again i would want to put it alongside the likes of the resurrection of jake the snake roberts which is uh, another great documentary about uh diamond dallas page who we also see acting as a mentor to uh arquette here who basically took in jake, jake the snake roberts and scott hall two of wrestling's greatest lost causes people basically had written them off as being on death's door and just waiting for them to keel over at any moment and yet through his his uh, yoga program, they managed to really sort of get themselves clean and get themselves back into fighting form. And it's um, it's always fun. I was just love the fact, as I said, this film just starts right at the bottom. So you have guys who are just like in wrestling in their backyard. I mean, this ring is so shockingly bad; it breaks partway through their match. 
and uh, they're sort of like, oh yeah, we should have, we should have really put that bolt in. It's like, and the guy who like constructs the string is like, oh, I had nothing to do with this because I was in prison at the time when we built this. <laughs> I mean, the backyard match is definitely one of you know the highlights because it's it's surprising that he he goes to somewhere he doesn't expect that this is where he's going to be going to. Um, but I mean, going back to like a, a final thought and kind of like the. The, the 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 Mexico where he had to do the street wrestling. I yeah. think one of those really great moments is the fact that this scene is especially important because he's fighting to be able to be to get his I think it's to get the, the luchador mask, right? Yes. And, um... and he's fighting for for res- like just to be respected. So you have to show that you're able to be entertaining and be able to kind of have the you know have convincing skills that you're doing this stuff and and that and really just be out there right and for him when you know the the fact that when he gets it gets the mask and he achieves it it's kind of like this victory because it's kind of like the first step in the right direction finally he's he's like something in the wrestling in the wrestling community now yeah, it's and I mean when it comes to luchadors, um, the mask that they wear that is like the the utmost sort of like level. I mean they won't ever take their mask off. Uh, so you'll see them and they're like when they're doing like promotion and they're going from venues and stuff, they'll always be wearing their mask. So you see them like in like three piece suits and they're still wearing luchador masks. They because your mask is is who you are and it's your. The utmost way to disrespect your opponent is to remove their mask. So you have like competitions where you for you put your mask on the line, and if you're a mask as a as a luchador wrestler, it's like seen as the ultimate shame that you can have. Because um, down in Mexico, wrestling is like like a religion, and in different parts of the world it's viewed in in different sort of ways i mean in japan it's viewed as like a sport um canada is an absolute legacy there's you over in uh, canada you've obviously got Stu hart's uh, wrestling dungeon which has given uh, the likes of like the Hart foundation you've got people like brett the hitman hart you've got chris jericho you've got lance storm it's just goes on and on and on like the, the number of legendary wrestlers that came out of canada i don't know what it is it's maybe it's the weather or something <laughs> people wrestle to keep warm up there or something I don't know so I love the fact that they tap into all these little subcultures of wrestling it's not just like oh I'm going to be a wrestler I'm going to go and get trained and then I'm straight in back I uh, straight in having a shop with like one of the big companies it's like no he's he's going to he sets himself out and he basically as the uh, back your wrestler guy says he's like I he had just basically the perfect indie experience a shitty promoter no money and no audience to watch you get the shit beaten after you for like little reward. Um, and if you still want to do it, then you know, then you know you're gonna continue on this this journey. So to see him actually legitimately become a wrestler is just such a a fascinating a fascinating journey. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you would still get a lot out of this film. It's not set up as a film for wrestling fans. It's a film set up basically. For people who are interested in this journey, so if you like wrestling, you get you'll be able to get a lot out of it because you see not only the respected treats of the industry, but also a lot of familiar faces. I mean, you have like Ric Flair, 
who again is one of those things that I would love to try and explain to people who don't like wrestling why Ric Flair's important until we see at the start of this documentary and as I say it's just a really sort of fascinating journey that you're you're going on here and I think it's the story itself is it's edited so tight it's just gripping throughout I was just absolutely hooked on this documentary throughout I think one of the main things of choosing this was really to see that to see whether it was something that I would be able to accept because honestly I'm really not a wrestling fan like no. it's not just a lack of it's not just like I don't know it so I don't you know I, I've never had an interest in it yeah. it's the fact that I I remembered like my my random memory of it as a child it's not something that I'm behind like it's very tough like it's it's something tough to watch it's not something I, I like to watch <laughs> uh, it's not entertaining for me um, but you know I think that you know we talk about this starting and the documentary starts with um, I think it's uh, Mr. Anderson I yes I don't remember his name right now yeah, um, yeah um... so yeah so you see Mr. Anderson just getting really it's like starts <laughs> off right away super intense he's throwing things around and he's like he's super angry about this whole Arquette winning the title and he's you know <laughs> and it's like super over the top and angry and and it just catches you right away and you know right away you see the whole situation and that's such a strong start it just kind of grabs you right away you don't you might not know who this guy is but obviously there's a lot of hatred going on um but it's re- really funny is i don't know if you watch through the whole credits or or anything oh, yeah. when when but because at the end, you know, there's like something I, he like David Arquette shows up and talks again. Right. Um, and during the thing, we have the whole like kind of like bloopers of them <laughs> with the, doing the Anderson thing. And then there's like a part where like I think his weights drop or something like that. It's really. Funny. Oh, yeah. He loses his grip on the weights. And he's they're basically trying to get like pumped up and angry and stuff. He's like, oh, OK, there's no reason to be in this ring. He's said like lose grip on his ring. So he has to like break character and stuff. So. I just find it so funny because it, it's so when you look at the bloopers of it like that it's so in character that <laughs> these are all these are essentially actors <laughs> yeah. wrestling is essentially full of actors they're just over the top actors <laughs> and they're all big strong guys tackling each other with an agenda <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean as I said it's, it's a predetermined contest but I mean this is the thing with wrestling I mean if you there's probably you're never going to be able to fully explain why wrestling has its appeal to non-wrestling fans um but to wrestling fans you don't really need to justify why it makes sense it just does it's just something that you know we that we just love and adore we uh, it has this sort of like legacy and this idea that you you follow these characters and they build up like legacies and histories as they go from company to company and the you buy into the rivalries that you know that these two guys really hate each other and that they got this grudge to settle and the only way they can do it is by getting in a ring and wrestling each other and under some stipulation or another and yet at the same time at the back of your mind you know they're all going home on the same tour bus that you know they they go backstage and everyone's friends again it's just all a big uh it's all it's all a performance and this is, I mean, you can watch the, there's the famous documentary Beyond the Mat, which basically was the first documentary to show the inner workings of how wrestling does. And again, with this documentary, it does the same as we see him when he has his first sort of real professional wrestling match with um, championship wrestling from Hollywood. 
And the match is actually broken down through these backstage conversations. And Arquette, like, talking with his opponents, it's all like, oh, I'm going to come out, I'm going to do this. And you see it cut to the match and him going through the same motions they're talking about. And I think that was just such a perfect way to break down how they figure out what they're going to, to do in a, in a match. I think it just perfectly broke down how they do what they do. And I think it was just really, it's really interesting to see. And much like the fact that when you see the other end of the scale, when you see like, oh, well, this is the death match. And this is how this differs from like the wrestling we've seen before, where basically with death match wrestling, it's slow, like anything goes. You can use light tubes, you can use weapons and... The actual match Arquette went into it thinking it was a hardcore match, which is basically the step down from a death match where you can still use weapons and stuff. And but it didn't go to the same so extremes. No one's getting like carved open with light tubes and like busted open with barbed wire and fire and tables and broken glass and pretty much any other thing. I mean, in there was a company called uh, ECW, which is Extreme Championship Wrestling, and they had a match called The Fans Bring the Weapons, and they would like turn up with like Nintendos and like cast iron pots and stuff for wrestlers to use on each other. So you can, <laughs> um, there's still companies out there like CZW who do like the ultra extreme sort of hardcore matches, and this was the match which um, I actually heard about Arquette participating in, and the fact that he. Get, got his throat slit by a light tube yeah. tray and there's hearing him talk he there was a moment where it became very real to him and you see this in the actual match itself but it's absolutely shocking to watch and even worse the tv 90s heartthrob luke perry's there too as his best friend as well yeah i mean I, that, I think that was the toughest scene mm. to watch in the entire documentary. I mean, already I'm not a big fan of wrestling because of just how extreme things get in a normal match um, and how rough it is. But you know, watching this is a completely different thing. Like, I never knew death matches existed. <laughs> and just, you know, you're seeing these people, they're, they're like hitting him with you know, it's just like relentless you're like with light tubes and all that stuff and then the moment he starts yeah you know, he starts carving him with you know the light it's just so extreme and you think <laughs> about it and you're like is that supposed to be normal or is that guy just kind of like crazy like <laughs> yeah he's like a little unhinged there where he's taking this way overboard because of all the all the encouragement that from from the people from the audience right He's getting all this encouragement from the audience, and I'm wondering if this is staged or if this is actually happening. Like, where this is like, <laughs> obviously this is happening, but this is actually is this actually staged, right? Or or is this something that he decided because of that 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 he he would do this because obviously it it got out of hand, right? I mean, I'm I don't expect that they had expected to to to, to slit his throat open because that that no. would be. Yeah. <laughs> that would be rather extreme if yeah if Nick Nick Cage uh, set out to intentionally kill David Arquette. No, I mean yeah. with uh, Hulk, with whenever you have like hardcore wrestling and these sort, of, there's some matches which have more of a free form flow to them. Other matches are more sort of planned out. And within wrestling, there's many different sort of styles of, of wrestling that you can you can do. I mean, it's not all like this like, super extreme wrestling that we see see here you have like i said you have just 
more matzo based wrestling you can have technical wrestling you can have luchador wrestling which is more like high flying and colorful costumes there's many different sort of wrestling i think that's what we see glimpses of throughout it's just this happened to be such a standout match that they kind of had to show it in its bloody entirety um yeah but, but you know like you know if you think about it though i, th- I think that the the documentary itself is something of a personal journey for David Arquette when we see him kind of get back from his low point and kind of find himself again. Uh, but at the same time, it's also kind of like wrestling 101. Mm. <laughs> we kind of learn about wrestling along the way through the things that he's he's doing. And you kind of have an idea about whether... You know, for people who are wanting to get into the business, is this something that you want to do? (laughs) Because it really feels like there is no shortcut. You have to train hard. You need to train. You need to learn all the skills. You need to be able to find your own style and personality. And it's really, you know, for for a bunch of people who who think Hollywood stars are not something that they respect to for winning the the title, they're all kind of show businessmen, you know? (laughs) Definitely so, and I mean, this is an absolute true warts and all documentary. There's nothing really sort of cut out. There's nothing, no attempts to sort of like for a cat to show himself in the best light as he shows himself in the worst light possible at any given time. And as, as I said, you see him like go from being this overweight drunk uh, to basically just becoming absolutely jacked and a proper legit athlete which is just fascinating to see and i mean wrestling like any sort of sort of business i mean there's going to be people who never make it to the the top and just make a living just wrestling these like little indie federations and stuff and the fact that arquette truly does have this love for the business i mean there's never any sort of like looking down and going oh well this is just some like minor federation he's just like he loves it all from like right from the backyard guys all the way to the top of him. Even when he finds out he's wrestling in some guy's backyard, he's sort of like, oh, there's just some like kids being silly. And it's like, I like being silly. I think he probably changed his mind after he's been busted open by these kids. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, it's, as I say, I just find it really, just a, a really gripping and engrossing sort of a ride and it made me wonder I mean whether he's still actually pursuing this or not because there's no there's nothing on his Wikipedia's page to say that he's still out there out there wrestling at the moment whether this was just sort of like a an odyssey that he sort of went on to see if he could he could do it or or what but I mean judging from the I don't know like I said I don't know I mean because I don't remember it clearly but the last like the last final closing uh thing that he said at the end of the documentary after all the credits went through I don't know if you watched it but I, I yeah. but it didn't it didn't really feel like he pursued it I think he he pretty much made the point that he's not going to be like a professional professional wrestler Yeah from what I understand but uh so I mean it, it definitely, I think it definitely brings your attention back to David Arquette a little, though, um, for anybody who's watching this, because you kind of, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I kind of forgot about David Arquette. <laughs> Easy to do. <laughs> because, I, to be fair, I haven't watched a whole lot of David Arquette. I mean, I remember him from Scream, obviously, uh, but uh, I, I think he was in Bone Tomahawk. 
which is uh, probably the more recent movie that I saw of him. I believe he was. I rem- I think I remember. Because there was a recent movie I saw him in, and I was like, hey, that's David Arquette. I haven't seen him in a while, you know? <laughs> I know he's going to be in Scream 5. Well, I mean, Scream is, is like, <laughs> his, his thing at this point. Um, um, you Cannot Kill David Arquette is available to stream now from all your usual streaming sources and one that I think is definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it already and if you obviously want to see more learn more about uh, wrestling Vice um, put out a really great series called The Wrestlers uh, which looks at the many different uh, aspects of uh, professional wrestling they also have another great show called uh, uh, Dark Side of the Ring which is about some of the darker moments in professional wrestling as well such as like the Montreal School Job uh, the new uh, the wrestler New Jack and uh, the death of Owen Hart um, it should be noted I mean this is something else that should be noted but we're obviously wrapping this up now but for David Arquette's WCW run he didn't take any payments at all he donated all the money uh, to to Droz and uh, the fa- Owen Hart's family which mm. he didn't actually make a big deal of uh, saying that he did it he just did that just as a, a wrestling fan these two people who were uh, Owen Hart obviously killed uh, during a rigging accident which caused him to fall uh, 20 feet into the ring and die and uh, draws obviously left a paraplegic after a botched wrestling move and I mean this is the thing when you talk about wrestling and it's like oh wrestling's fake and whatnot. I mean these are at any particular moment something could go wrong and you could end up like a paraplegic I mean you see some of these older guys and they're just basically their bones have been like destroyed from like falling on their backs and whatnot. so they're walking with like canes and stuff and it's just uh there's a lot of respect that I think some of these people, the wrestlers, don't deserve, and I think this is what I think Arquette sets out to to show as well as part as well as his journey here. But I think it's definitely a documentary worth checking out. I don't know about yourself, Kim. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think respect is one of the th- one of the key words here um, because, like, for me, I mean, I'm not gonna go out and watch any wrestling matches right now. But I mean, I have <laughs> what you definite think. I have definite respect for the sport more than I had before. Um, just the the journey of it. Like, we, you know, you can call it a show. And we, we've been saying, you know, like, I didn't realize it was all kind of set up to, you know, it's a predetermined, predetermined, pretty much, like yeah. you said. Yeah. And what really, but the thing is that what might be predetermined and they have a certain set of motions they need to go through. But there's a lot of room in the middle for them to kind of do their own thing and, and sort of... So a lot of accidents can still happen because it's not like you have a stuntsman like when you're doing a movie. These things, these are all moves they're doing by themselves. So they have to have this um, physical ability to do it. And, and that's where the risk comes in because whether you use weapons or whether you do whatever, I mean, or jumping off of the, the, the ring or something... All those things you know, are pretty dangerous. You do something wrong, and then it's like, that's it. Your spine gets twisted or something, and then that's like, bye-bye, you know? <laughs> so this is, a, you know, wrestling in the end, it is, it is a really, really dangerous sport. And the respect is for the people who train for it. And, and I think that's why people, I think you kind of see a better picture of why people were so angry with him winning it in, in the, you know, 20 years ago. In, in the sense that 
he didn't do anything to deserve it. Whereas these other wrestlers are risking their lives every single day to train for this title, uh, for, you know, the fame in, in this, uh, this, this profession. And he just comes in and kind of swoops it up, you know, <laughs> so it, you know, so it's not completely unjustified because you, you know, while he's showing the steps of being a professional wrestler, it also shows a lot of how much respect is for every single element of it and how important it is that, you know, it's just him respect, like showing his love and respect for the sport at the same time as letting other people see that this is a sport that's not just, you know, that's just not some kind of entertainment and you should really appreciate it for, for more than what it is actually. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I definitely go check it out if you haven't already. And, uh, I think a hearty thumbs up from us both, I believe. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you as always for listening. Um, you, if you haven't done already, please do hit the like and subscribe button wherever you happen to be listening to us. And you can also follow us on both on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out our full archive episodes at moviesandtpodcast.wordpress.com. You can check out our current season, which is on David Fincher, as well as our previous uh, seasons on the likes of Paul W. Sanderson, Guillermo del Toro, Sofia Coppola, and Ang Lee. As well as that, you can also check out our fun bits of uh, writing, as well as our Friday Film Club, where each Friday, myself and Kim both pick a film to put together into a fun double feature. Sometimes the theme, sometimes it's not. Either way, it's a chance for us to explore the movies that we feel that you should be checking out. But until then, uh, thank you again for listening, and we will be back soon. Until then, good night. <laughs>